Hey everyone, and welcome to Gen Zero, a Pokemon movie podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Doug. And this is episode 9. What uh, what movie did we go with this week? This week's movie is Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. That's right. And uh, once again, like last week, we don't have a short for this one, so we'll just get right into it. So this one starts off with, I think, a new narrator, right? It seems to be. And a new narration. Uh, it starts off with this just Pokemon falling from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, like a really bad version of the Matrix code. And it talks about, just, it basically goes through the old movies in a, in a really quick way. It ties right into this movie. It goes The narrator goes right from talking about the whole world of Pokemon right into the new one, this one. And we get to see the the main focus of this movie is that big tree. Or the Tree of Beginnings. And we get to see Ho-Oh flying around. So, Ash's, you know, first episode is finally going to be relevant in this movie? Not in the least. No. Well, maybe. We don't really know, but not, no. <laughs> the next scene after we see the tree in the Ho-Oh is a silhouette of a new Pokemon. Um, I believe this one is Gen 4 specific. I'm not sure. It is Lucario doing some ninja jumps on some rocks and it uses its power of aura to see two big ass armies one on one side one on the other on their way to battle one is red and one is green which is a nice little touch to the old games yeah exactly the red versus green whole yeah. thing it's funny because i think that's that might be a specifically japanese thing because usually in america we do red and blue, blue and that might be a japanese thing for red and green I thought that was a nice little... I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's what that callback was to. To the games? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I could only imagine. The next thing we see is a, a group of the Red Army's Houndors, or Houndooms, I'm sorry, show up and try to attack Lucario. But he touches a crystal and talks to Sir Aaron. Now, mind you, this happens a long time ago in a, to- a legendary age of the past. Right, right. Yeah, before the time that. of Pokeballs. Yes. Sir Aaron is equivalently uh, this Lucario- Lucario's uh, trainer. Right. So when he touches this crystal and sends uh, like a psychic message to Sir Aaron, we get a scene of, I guess, both of them, or Sir Aaron and uh, the princess. What was the princess's name? I forget. But he, <laughs> uh, he warns Sir Aaron about the armies. And then the princess says that the the palace will get caught in between the two armies. Which is a bit of an exaggeration, which we'll see later on in the movie. The Houndooms do attack. And Lucario fends them off with his aura spheres. His signature moves. And after that, Aaron shows up. Or, I'm sorry, Aaron summons his Pidget. And flies that flies off to meet up with Lucario, and we get to see one of our first sky battles in the movies, where the Skarmory come and try to take down Pidget. They do a pretty good job of it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that thing gets knocked into the woods. Then Aaron meets up with Lucario. Apparently, at some point, Lucario's eyes got all messed up. Uh, it was during the fight with the Hound Dooms. Okay. Uh, they essentially threw dirt at him. Like, they hit oh. rocks. Okay. And got dust in his eye. Yeah. yeah. Pocket sand. And Lucario wants to help out with Aaron, but Aaron says, nah, you can't. And uh, 
puts puts Lucario in his version of a Pokeball because Pokeballs don't exist. He has a staff with a little bit of that crystal on top, and that works like a Pokeball, which catches Lucario. And when Aaron threw down that staff, did it remind you of Rita from the Power Rangers, when oh, she says, man. make my monster grow? We could have had a 50-foot Lucario. That's <laughs> exactly what it looked like. The way he threw it and the way it landed, I was expecting the ground to split open. Uh, something I noticed, uh, whenever that staff is activated, mm-hmm. it has two little... Uh, things on the top of it that go up and down right yeah, next to the crystal. Like the chimes. And they remind me very much of how when Mukaru uses Aura, his little like Head dreadlock things, things yeah. come up. Like little wings. Yeah, yeah. I, as soon as you mentioned that, that's that's a connection I made too. Uh, after he puts Lucario in the Pokeball, uh, he, <laughs> he runs off and we really don't see what happens to him after that. And that becomes like the crux of the movie. Then we get another scene of the princess just sitting in her palace, and we get to see the armies about to clash. Then we see Ho-Oh turn into Mew, who is the second part of this movie. What, what's better than hiding you know, yourself as another Pokemon, except... Hiding as another legendary Pokemon? Yeah. A bit issue there. With... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Seems very redundant to try to yeah. hide as a legendary as a legendary. Yeah, well... To be fair, technically, Mew is a mythical Pokemon, and ho is just a legendary Pokemon, so. Man, if I were a Ditto, that's what I would do. I would just turn to legendaries. <laughs> Get caught, and then come back out as a Ditto. That's fucked hey, up. So, after that short little scene of ho turning into back into Mew, we get to see the armies coming at each other, and they finally clash in a big fight. Uh, it's... It, 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 I don't know if I mentioned, but the armies are made up entirely of Pokemon, almost. Like, it's what Steelix is, Aeron's... They're uh, Onyx, Onyx. Rhydon's, Rhyhorn's... Yeah, a lot of ground and But there there were some humans in the mix. Yeah, some soldiers. The problem I have with this is that the palace is nowhere near where these two armies are fighting. None like slightest. Not even close. I mean, maybe the city is close by, but it seemed like it was in the opposite direction of the city to me. Well, featuring we find out where they clash later on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's between it's between the palace and the, the tree of beginnings, which is this big rock formation that looks like a tree. So it's a good distance away. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like two days drive away. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell the princess was all about, but she was in no danger. But as soon as these two armies collide, the Tree of Beginning starts to glow. And so do all the crystals that basically scat- are scattered throughout the land. And I have a problem with these crystals because they grow every- they grow like fungus. Yeah. Like, they're in the castle and stuff. I think they built around the crystals that were already there. Okay. But after the tree glows, like, <laughs> waves of energy come out of it. And make all the Pokemon not mad at each other anymore. That, that's what we're told. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the pro- biggest problem I have probably with this movie is that part. Like, the armies are coming to war for whatever reason. And then this tree glows green and all the Pokemon are happy. So, they're like, their anger is replaced with joy and trust or something like that. Yeah, and then they all just go home. Yep, they all turn around and go away. That's how the legend goes. Yep. 
After we see the armies clash and after we see the waves of energy come over them and they all turn around, it turns from a video into a story read by a mother to her daughter. And we never see those two again in this movie. Apparently, from what I've seen, those two are in a bunch of different movies. You just have oh, to really? look for them. Yeah. You're going to make me go back and watch all the other movies now. I don't... Uh, no, I think they're in more <laughs> movies after this one. Okay. Which would explain why we've never seen them before. And then we get th- one of the weirdest intros in the series so far. The, the time lapse where they're going through the Doctor Who tunnel and... We get to see the technological advancement of the world from, like, steam engines to bullet trains and from sailing ships to yachts. And then we get the Lucario and the Mystery of Mew title card. Yeah, and even the fonts they used when it got to the final title card, it it all just, it didn't flow well at no, all. No, it was very awkward. But after that, we finally catch up with Ash and the gang on their way to Cameron Palace to compete in the Guardian of Aura tournament. It's a Pokemon tournament. Yeah. So Ash, of course, is going to be there. Yeah, exactly. He hears about... And he doesn't need badges. Yeah. We get a little castle flyover with a Tailo, where we're <laughs> following the bird-type Pokemon around the castle. And it's kind of 3D-y. It's better than some of the 3D that's been used before. But then the tailo turns into a Pichu. And it goes inside one of the open windows of the castle. And during the walk up into the castle, where Ash, May, Max, and Brock are all talking about how everyone else is dressed up in fancy old-timey clothes, Brock, I think it is, tells them that they can get clothes inside the castle and get dressed up in there. So I, I don't even know how that works. They just have a whole, I guess, I guess you pay a rental fee or something? Maybe, yeah, and you get to pick out whatever you want. And then return it at the end of the day or shift or whatever. Right. Because they just kind of end up, like, three stories up in this castle by themselves. Yeah, there's no one, like, monitoring this room. There's no guards in this castle at all. No, there's so, there seems to be three occupants of this castle. Yeah. Was it the nurse or the maid? The maid, the, the princess, princess, and, and the my junior. junior. <laughs> and that's that's it. And apparently, this is a like a functioning castle and a functioning government because that princess does have a town that she's right next to, unless she's just some crazy rich lady. Yeah. It it could just be one of those governments where they have a royal member, but they're not really participating in the actual government. government. Yeah. Could be like that. While Ash and everyone's picking out clothes, Pikachu spies the Pichu, who then turns into a Trico and jumps out the window. And crawls along the castle walls away. Very creepily. I mean, I guess that's a thing Trico probably does. It's a lizard. But yeah, it's still really creepy when it just walks along the walls. Lizards do that kind of thing. Yeah, but this is a Trico. It's a lizard. <laughs> it's too big, I think, is my problem. Yeah, I guess it'd be like the real-life equivalent of, like, Komodo dragon crawling across the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those things could crawl across walls. I would never... Ugh. So everyone gets dressed. May is in this nice little dress. Um, everyone's kind of like, oh, you're so... It's the 
she's all that thing where she takes off her glasses and boom, she's instantly pretty. I, I never really got that. Um, Brock is in a monk's outfit, including yeah. bald cap. I like his outfit. Yeah, it's nice. Be a good um, Halloween outfit. Max is in some kind of little kid's, like, squire outfit, I guess. According to the maid, he's, he's exceptionally adorable. Yes, and he looks like a doll, but it's Max, so he's annoying anyway. And Ash, of course, so happens to be wearing exactly what Sir Aaron wore all those years ago. Which is nice because he was the original guardian of Aura. And it's this tournament is an honor to him. So, And they dress Pikachu up like a clown. Yep. They all freaking gang up on Pikachu and stick him in a court jester's outfit. And this is the prelude to cosplay Pikachu in the new games. After they get all dressed up and leave, Team Rocket show up from the next door. And Jessie wants to join in. So she gets dressed up in a weird Bellatant outfit and then says that Meowth and James would be her dates. And that's the first scene from Team Rocket. That's the whole thing. I'd like to point out James gives a really strange uh, delivery here of yeah. his line. He has a really weird line read here where uh, Jesse says that if they disguise themselves by dressing up, they can catch everyone's Pokemon. And James's line is something along the lines of, that's a really good idea, Jesse. But he says it so monotone and wooden that it really throws you off. Then we actually get to the the tournament, where Lady Eileen, the new princess, and her mime junior, which is a new, you know, Gen 4, I'm probably going to say so many Pokemon are Gen 4 that aren't, and I'm going to get so much slack for it, but I'm pretty sure Mime Jr. is Gen 4. You know, they're presiding over the, the tournament, and they, they start it off. And we get our Pokemon tournament montage, which has the the advanced battle theme song over it. You know, because we have to have... Ash has to battle at least once every movie. Or yeah. Usually battles at least once every movie. It's in his contract, I think. Ash makes it to the final round. Of course. Uh, he beats a... No, he... Oh, fuck, I, I, I didn't actually write down the... He fought a Breloom in his first round. Right, with Pikachu. They don't show his second round. No. There seems to be only be three rounds. Yeah. There's a lot of contestants, but only three rounds. Yeah. Uh, and in the finals, he fights uh, Sweevile, right? Is that... uh, Weavile. Weavile. Yeah, Sneasel Weavile. That's right. I always have problems with this. Yeah, I can't remember the evolution chain if it's Sneasel then Weavile, but yeah, it is. He makes it to the finals then. His opponent is a Weavile, and of course he fights with Pikachu. Yes. And it does the over-ridiculous Pikachu electricity lighting up the entire sky. Right. You know, yeah. Shot from the distance. Pikachu shows off why Team Rocket is still trying to catch him. After all these years. Yeah. And then the trainer, who is clad in a complete suit of armor, takes off their helmet, and it turns out that it's a lady, because women can't train Pokemon, apparently, because everyone's really surprised that this person is female. She introduces herself as Kid. I'm assuming with two Ds. I, I subconsciously wrote down Kid every time with two Ds, and I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I can only assume. Um, and, of course... Brock sees a lady 
and has to hit on her. So I didn't even think about this, but he runs onto the tournament grounds, doesn't he? Yeah. And goes right for her. And we get a return of the Brock block, where Max once again grabs Brock's ear and pulls him away. This is the only time it happens in the movie, though. So at least they learn to tone it down. But Ash, yeah, like you said, he won. So he gets to become the guardian of Aura for this year. Which is... I, I the Responsibilities include sitting in a chair. Yes, and not dancing during the dance. Because you have to be regal. I don't know. And that's the other thing. I, I understand Ash wants to battle and like maybe get XP for his Pokemon. But with the prize being sitting in a chair and holding a staff... Why bother? I, maybe I, there's no monetary gain. It's here. it's a it's an experience, I guess. I just I wouldn't want a little bit more than maybe he gets gets to rent the clothes for free now. He gets, yeah. he gets his deposit back. Uh, um, but yeah, like we alluded to, he gets to hold the staff during the dance and sit in a chair, and he looks into the staff. Oh, by the way, the staff obviously is. Aaron's old staff, which has Lucario in it at this point. So he looks into the crystal in the staff, and apparently Lucario looks back out, sees Ash dressed up as Aaron, basically, and yells in his Ash's mind, Why would you betray me? And Ash is all confused. He asks the maid behind him if she said anything, but obviously she didn't hear it. And then we get to see the dance in full swing. May is dancing with some dude, some random ass dude that we never get his name or what he's doing there. Uh, assumingly, he's there for the party yeah, and to fucking steal some food. But, um, yeah. And I think he has like three lines in the entire movie. Most of them are screaming. Yes. Um, Brock is obviously dancing with Kid because apparently he's he's a smooth operator. Um, Max is just eating at the buffet. He is standing at a, on a chair yes. at the buffet table. Just shoveling food into his mouth. Uh, and Pikachu and some random ass Apom are dancing. Uh, Mind you, we, di- we didn't mention that during the tournament, uh, oh, right. the Trico shows up uh, in the princess's booth. Right. And becomes, well, it becomes a Mime Junior. Yeah. And there are two Mime Juniors for a bit. And then eventually, the mime ju- second mime junior becomes this apom, right? And it dances with Pikachu. Oh, right. And while Ash is watching all this dancing, sitting at his chair next to the princess's throne, he decides that well, Pikachu is having a good time. I guess all the rest of my Pokemon will have a good time, and he releases all his Pokemon. Uh, this includes his Grovile, his Corfish. His Swellow and... Fanfy. Yeah, his Fanfy. I don't know why he would do this because no one else let their Pokemon out until freaking Ash started doing it. I guess he's a trendsetter. Because, I'm, yeah, May joins in with her Squirtle. Munchlax. Munchlax, right? And what's the evolving uh, Torchic? Combuskin. Buskin, yeah, right. Although Brock does not join in on this. No, he's too enthralled with Kid at this point. Or, no, Kid asks him to go get Punch. So he's probably doing that. And Ash wants to get up and dance, but that maid lady 
holds him down and says, no, you have to sit here all night. Then we get a nice little clip of Jesse and James dancing together. But then Jesse sees the guy that May is dancing with and decides to switch it up because apparently she thinks he's gorgeous. So she grabs him and James is stuck with May, who almost recognizes James, who is wearing a big old fake mustache at this point. Uh, and while those two are dancing, Meowth is under the table eating as much as he can. Uh, but he does see that Apom leading Pikachu and the rest of Ash and May's Pokemon off into some weird other room. So he decides to follow them. Right. And then after after we see the Apom leading everyone away, then Kid wants her punch. And Brock goes off to fetch it for her. But she uses that time to make a call using some weird Bluetooth headset. And this is probably the coolest Pokemon tech that's not offensive in the entire series, I think. It's basically just a Bluetooth headset with a, a basically the best advanced version of Google Glass you could get. It's a full visor, which allows for heads-up displays and information to be transmitted onto the screen, which I thought was really cool, and I would want a pair of those. But yeah, she's talking to some guy named Banks, I think it was, who is in a city. Banks? Yep. Yeah, he's in a city. I thought it looked like New York, or Unova, I guess it would be. And this guy is an older dude, kind of looks like Alfred, maybe, if he were anime. And he's running on a treadmill for whatever reason. He's super for exercise. Into, yeah, he's super into exercise. Well, he's got you gotta stay healthy, especially that age. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and Kid talks is talking to him, and at this point, we find out Kid is looking for Mew. The next scene is Max looking for the Pokemon. I don't know how he realized that all the Pokemon came out because he followed Munchlax out of the room. Right. Yeah. But... Munchlax had come back to the room. Okay. To get the entire fruit bowl. Yes. It picks up the fruit bowl and walks back out with it. Right. And it's kind of hard to miss. Yeah. So the Max follows the Munchlax. Right. And this Apom apparently leads the Pokemon to a, a playroom in the attic with a Suicune rocking chair, or uh, rocking horse, a set of train, like, wagon things. A bunch of balls. Uh, yeah, a bunch of bouncy balls, like Pokemon-sized bouncy balls. And then Apom turns into Pikachu, and Pikachu sees this and just goes, okay, he's completely cool with it. Uh, I'm assuming because Pikachu has seen a Ditto before, even though its face does not look Ditto-y. I think in the series, that specific Ditto face yeah. was only because the one Ditto wasn't able to change its face. Oh, okay. Most I... Dittos can actually still change their faces. Okay. Because every time I think of a ditto, I think of that face. <laughs> the two little dot eyes and the yeah, flat mouth. you are right. I think that was the entire point of that episode was the fact that that ditto was shit at being a ditto. <laughs> its IVs were garbage. Brock comes back. Or no, Brock's still at the punch table with his two glasses of punch looking for Kid. He's all sad and dejected because Kid's nowhere to be found. But it turns out she's on the roof of the castle. And then she uses a grappling hook to go to the other roof of the castle where the clock tower is. Honestly, I thought it was a cool grappling hook. That was a pretty badass grappling hook. She cool. has actually decent tech up to a right point now. Yeah. We'll get into that later. She, yeah, she swings to the second roof 
Oh, Meowth tries to follow her, but ends up falling off the roof and slamming through the window into the playroom that Pikachu and the rest of the Pokemon are at. But this opening now gives her a perfect view into that said playroom. Right. She uses her binoculars to see into that window, and uh, Mew, or Pikachu, the Pikachu that was an Apom, that was a Mime Jr., that was a Trico, that was a Pichu, that was a Ho-Oh, no, I'm sorry, was, was a, a Swellow, or Tailo, now turns into Mew. And Surprise! Yeah, kids all like, holy crap, that's exactly why I'm here. So she sends to Weavile out, her, her signature Pokemon, to stick a transmitter onto this Mew. Because I guess she wants to find out where it's going. It's a pretty big transmitter, too. Yeah, especially for the size of a Mew. I mean, if it was a bigger Pokemon, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And it's no uh, Houndoom transmitter that fucking Butler used in the Jurassic <laughs> movie. But it has about as much effect, because the two Weavile go after Mew... Um, and never managed to put that transmitter on it. They try to attack it. They try to freeze it because they're ice-type Pokemon. They end up freezing Munchlax instead. Pikachu attacks the Weavile to defend its new friend. And then the Weavile try to freeze Pikachu and end up freezing all of Ash and May's Pokemon except for Pikachu. So they're all stuck. Meowth and Pikachu and Mew are the only ones unfrozen at this point. So Mew grabs Meowth, turns into a Meowth, and then spins them around, which would have been a great hiding spot, except for as soon as they stop turning, Meowth says something. <laughs> so it kind of breaks that. Then Max tries to open the door, but it's frozen shut because it, Munchlax was in front of it when it got frozen. Uh, he does manage to get it open a crack and sees Mew transform back into Mew from Meowth, then teleport him, Meowth, and Pikachu onto the roof of the clock tower, the top roof of the clock tower. Max doesn't see that part, by the way. He right, sees he, the teleport away. Yeah, he just sees the teleport. <laughs> a pretty big crack if you saw that much. And Mew's kind of a dick at this point, or at least very naive, because he teleports all three of them above the roof of the clock tower, and Meowth and Pikachu almost plummet to their death. Because they can't fly, and Mew, Meowth, or Mew can. I'm going to get that messed up too many times. Uh, like I said, they, they fall, but Meowth managed to catch the roof and Pikachu, and he yells down at Pikachu, you need to lay off the Poke Blocks, which is a nice little touch, uh, a nice little uh, throwback to the games, where if you want to enroll your Pokemon in what the Contest Spectacular, to make them look cool or something, you have to have them eat special Poke Blocks, which is annoying. I was never into contests. No, I really wanted to get into the Auras contests, but I never ended up doing it. I have Pokemon specifically set up to do it, but I just never did it. I was too busy shiny hunting at that point. I still am. Oh, then Mew turns into a Pidgeot and flies away with both Meowth and Pikachu. Then we get another scene of Ash being bored sitting down. Uh, the staff talks to him again, and then after his little second of confusion with the staff, the princess says, oh, to start the fireworks off, the, the new guardian for this year has to do the pose of the guardian to signal the fireworks. Ash's like, wait, what the fuck's that? And uh, the princess goes, look, behind you, you were looking at this poster like three minutes ago. 
It's that. That's the pose, you idiot. So he does that pose. The fireworks go off. And then this apparently is the, the pose to release Lucario. Yeah, Lucario shoots out of the staff and is still convinced that uh, Ash is Sir Aaron because of the clothes he's wearing and because apparently he has the same aura that Sir Aaron had. Of course he does. He's the main character. Yeah, he's the human MacGuffin, so... So he, he starts talking to Ash via telepathy, you know, asking why did you betray us and all that stuff. But... Eventually, he does realize Ash isn't Aaron, and then just runs away. He runs out into the courtyard, and he he kind of contemplates why is everyone celebrating when we're under attack? Because he still thinks it's that day, basically, or a couple days uh, after he got captured. And he has a flashback to him and Sir Aaron uh, coming to what would be their new home in the palace, which is, like, the... basically the room under the clock tower. It's it's in that same building. It's just on the ground floor. Sir Aaron talks about the power of Aura at this point and about training him in the power of Aura. Training Lucario, that is, in the power of Aura. So Lucario sees the same place from the flashback, walks in, and now it's a museum. It's just a bunch of relics under glass. I'd be mad. They touched all my stuff. Yeah, seriously. His all his crap is gone, like his bed and all that. I, well, I mean, if it's been like thousands of years at this point, so that bed would have deteriorated anyway. But uh, somehow, Lady Eileen, the maid, Ash, May, and Brock—I'm pretty sure it's just those six, four, five, no five. Those five uh, managed to sneak up on Lucario. Because he turns around and they're all just standing there. And Lady Eileen explains that it's been centuries since Lord Aaron, or Sir Aaron. And she asks him to explain what happened to him. So he tells her that uh, Sir Aaron deserted everyone. He he, catched, he he stuck Lucario in the staff and then he just flew away with his pigeon. And Eileen's like, oh, shit. Well, we've been worshipping this guy for these, <laughs> like, past hundreds of years, so we should probably figure out if this guy is really worth it. So, uh, Lucario decides that he's going to help investigate this claim that Aaron's a total asshole instead. While they're talking, Max bursts in and starts saying, Hey, there was a Mew, and it teleported away. Holy shit, what the fuck? And Kid basically follows him in and says, Yeah, that's pretty much what happened because nobody believes max brock then recognizes right that exactly who kid is at this point See, yeah. seeing as she's no longer in dress and she's in her i guess her normal outfit which is God, like a purple hope... spandex yeah i hope uh, yeah i'm pretty sure it is her normal outfit because brock tries to explain that kid who is now kid summers which you'd think just uh whatever but uh he explains that she holds the world record for having the most world no records. records. She has the longest distance swam, the longest, what was it, flight time, and the longest distance traveled in space. She also holds world record in, like, surfing and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure in, he also has a... Guidebook about a, her. Yeah, a guidebook about her. And in this guidebook, I'm pretty sure she's still... 
is wearing that fucking purple spandex with knee pads and shit. And that stupid hair. No, her hair. Her hair is two giant poof balls that shoot out from either side of her head. For like a good two feet. They're pretty big. She's got a wingspan. Lady Eileen explains that Mew is a constant visitor to the castle. He routinely comes by and steals shit. Mostly toys and stuff. And the toys are never seen from again. Ash is like, oh, shit. Never seen from again. That's not good. I want my Pikachu back. And she, Lady Eileen then explains that Mew probably takes everything to the Tree of Beginning. Which is not a tree. It's a giant rock that's shaped like a tree. That's been there since before the castle was built, probably. And Ash obviously wants to go to the tree to get Pikachu back. Kid decides that she also wants to go to explore the tree. And Lucario... Oh. Lucario uh, says that he will he will show Ash the way because he can sense aura. He can sense Pikachu's life force, basically. So he knows the way to the tree. Uh, we get this weird fucking clip where Lucario's walking through the castle at night and Ash sneaks up behind him to, like, say hello or whatever. So Lucario fucking uh, choke, chokes him out. Like, he does a backflip <clears throat> onto the wall and then slams into Ash and grabs him by the neck. And he says, you snuck up behind me. That's always a mistake. And... Not only that scene, but the rest of this this scene is really out of place and completely needless in my eyes. Like, we get enough character development from Lucario later on that this scene was completely unnecessary. And the only thing we learn from it is that Ash and Pikachu are friends, and Lucario has no friends, and he's super, like, broody and lonery. I think they could have fit that information into any of the other moments where Lucario becomes broody throughout yeah, the trip. This, And I don't remember... There's no connecting tissue to this scene because the next scene is uh, them outside in the in the car, in the Hummer, uh, following Lucario. So there was really no need for it. Uh, I got a question. Sure. How is Lucario sensing Pikachu's aura if he's never encountered Pikachu yet? I have no idea. I mean, he can sense aura in general. Like, he can just sense people's life force, but I don't know how he can pick out Pikachu. Like, yeah, like I said, I could understand like if he had encountered that person yeah. or creature before. Right, pick up on their energy signature or whatnot. Pokemon magic, man. This, <laughs> I mean, this is the worst of it, I don't think. It might be, though. Oh, no, this isn't the worst no, of it. you know what the worst is. Yeah, it's coming up. So, as you said, next day, they're current, now in Kid's Hummer. Yeah. Right. Driving through the unpaved wilderness. Yeah, a canyon of some kind. Kid explains what aura is. It's the life force of everyone. I mean, it's the typical chi, ki energy that flows through everybody. Um, and she says that according to legend, Aaron and Lucario could both sense and control aura and use it as a tax. Um, and apparently Team Rocket are in the trunk of the Hummer for... Whatever reason. Oh, they're trying to get Mewtwo. Yeah. Or Meowth. Mewtwo, what the... Man, you're he's, way off. He's not even in this movie. Well, put him in the movie if you want. Brain we'll... dyslexia. Meowth, Mewtwo. It's very similar. It's all the M's. Yeah. Uh, we get a scene of Pikachu, uh, Mew, and Meowth inside the, ch the tree. And Pikachu's in a basket of leaves and Sleepy. Because 
I guess he got tired from the teleport or something happened. He's just really, he, he looks weak for whatever reason. But yeah, he's not waking up yet. And Meowth says you should let him sleep because Mew is trying to wake Pikachu up to play with him. The next scene is Brock making lunch for everyone because it's a Pokemon movie. Brock has to make lunch at some point. It's in his contract. If Ash gets to fight, Brock makes lunch. <laughs> so he's about to hand out all the trays of food and a wild Bonsly shows up, which I always fucking call Bonsly. Yeah, I do, I do too. Okay. Right. It, it, so. This is one of those Gyarados Gyarados things. Again. No, because one is right and one is wrong. <laughs> Fucking Bonsly and Bonsly. That's interchangeable. You say Gyarados, you can kiss my ass. I've said that before. <laughs> um, Bonsly shows up and steals one of the lunches. The one specifically that Brock was going to give to Kid, apparently. And Brock chases or grabs it and starts yelling at it and it starts crying. And Brock's all like, oh no, I made it cry. But Max explains that Bonsly's signature attack is fake tears. So, not to worry about it. And then Bonsley starts running away again after it gets yelled at. Um, I think Bonsley is also Gen 4. And I'm going to keep freaking mis- mislabeling all these Pokemon as Gen 4. You'll get, you'll get one of them right eventually. Yes, exactly. It's scatter, it's the Scattershot approach. One of these Pokemon <laughs> is Gen 4. Can you tell me which? Uh, but it runs off and Lucario grabs it and feeds it a radish. And tells it not to take things that don't belong to it. Which... Okay, Lucario. Where do you get a radish? Yeah, it, well, it, it showed it earlier. Like, he was sitting next to... He was sitting on a rock, and there were, like, radishes or berries or whatever on the ground next to him. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't have been radishes because they were growing out of the ground. I saw them. Ah, fuck, no. It's Pokemon. The radishes grow upside down in the Pokemon universe. Who cares? Um, then we get another scene of the tree where Pikachu wakes up, and Mew is super excited and wants to play with Pikachu. Meowth falls through some invisible or secret entrance to a tube that goes, yeah, vertically. Falls into bubble land. Yeah, for whatever reason, this tube carries bubbles from the base of the tree to the top. I'm assuming this is some kind of elevator that Mew uses. I mean, Mew is super into bubbles, we all know that from the first movie. But you can fly. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. It's for other Pokemon, I guess. Uh, but the bubbles uh, safely take Meowth, Pikachu, and Mew to the top of the tree, where they get a, a nice little view of the countryside. And then we go back to following Lucario. This time, at this point, Bonsley is on top of the the Hummer, and they have to stop because there are a series of geysers in the middle of the canyon that they're going through. Which was kind of weird that there were so many geysers. Usually it's just like one or two. The brochure said there would only be a few geysers. (laughs) Yes. Um, But conveniently, right next to where they stopped is a hot spring. So instead of, you know, looking for Pikachu in a timely manner, they decide to stop off at this hot spring and just chill out for their for an hour or two um we get a flashback uh lucario is remembering when sir aaron and him were chilling i guess at this very hot spring and sir aaron was dipping his feet in it into it and lucario was being weird about it and 
uh, Aaron's like, yeah, just come on, put your feet in the water. And Lucario's like, no, I'm too weird for that. But eventually he gives in, and he's like, oh yeah, this is nice. <laughs> uh, uh, your synopsis is... <laughs> well, that's what the fuck it was. It was it was pointless. I mean, I guess it's showing the relationship between Aaron and Lucario, but some of these are a little excessive. After the flashback, Ash calls out to Lucario and says, Hey, you should come in too. Come on, hang out with us. Be cool for a minute. But Lucario can't do that so he walks away uh at this point may spots a flower up on a high cliff face so apparently ash being ash decides that he has to go get this flower he needs this flower this is the only thing he ever wanted at this point but he does he does climb it he he climbs up he grabs the flower and then the cliff crumbles beneath him and he falls back into the water but the flower's okay. May catches it. She yells at Ash. She says, I wanted you to like go look at it, not pick it. It's like, fuck you, bitch. I almost died. Uh, and then we get another flashback of Aaron and Lucario finding the same type of flower. And this is where we find the stupidest Pokemon magic. It's not Pokemon tech. It's just dumb magic. This flower... Is called the Time Flower. And using the power of Aura, you can see back in time using this flower. And they're going to plant the flower back because obviously May doesn't want to kill it. She just wants to look at it, I guess. I don't know what she planned on doing when Ash went up the cliff. I don't even know how these flowers are really like planted because it, there's no real stem right. or anything to them. No, it's just the... It looks like a crystal, like looks kind of like a blown glass, like spiral tulip or something. Right. It kind of reminds me of, of a very small pitcher plant. Okay. Those things, but obviously on a smaller scale and made of glass or crystal, like you said. Um, but it does move because when Ash touches it, it activates it, like it blooms basically, and a small like ball of light comes out and shows a flashback back in time so this flower actually works and we basically what what what, what? it was ash falling off the cliff right it was like five minutes ago where ash fell off the cliff thank you i didn't even write that down it's so inconsequential i think the flashbacks they show they actually shows to everyone in the area right essentially it shoots out a hologram of the event that happened to fill out i don't know what 30 yards around it or so yeah yeah, and everyone can see it, not just the person who's holding a flower. Um, then they make camp, because that's another trope of the Pokemon movies. This, I think we mentioned, we definitely mentioned it during while we were watching the movie, this feels a lot like the Jirachi uh, road trip. Like, it's the it's, same it's, basic thing. It's, Ash, at the camp, is talking about his how he met Pikachu, and how Pikachu didn't like him at first. But after the Spearow attack in the first episode, they kind of became friends after that. Um, and then we get a flash, another flashback with Lucario and Sir Aaron of how Sir Aaron taught Lucario how to use Aura to sense logs coming at him. Which, if Aura is the life force energy, how did 
he sensed these dead logs coming at him. Um, Poke magic. Okay, fair enough. It's magic. It's or heightened senses. Yeah, maybe he smelt it. He's a Pokemon. Yeah, maybe. I, I I probably shouldn't dwell on it too long. But yeah, it's just a flashback of Aaron and Lucario becoming closer friends. Um, but for some reason this pisses off Lucario because I guess he's remembering this and then remembering what happened to him afterwards with Aaron ditching him. So he yells that he doesn't trust humans and that Ash is an asshole and Pikachu's probably not his real friend and that he would abandon him as soon as he could. Um, this pisses Ash off because he has like a three second temper. So he fist fights Lucario. It's pretty ballsy to be fair. Yeah, he's Lucario's a fighting type, isn't he? He's a fighting steel type. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. So yeah, it was probably a bad idea to try to attack Lucario, but they end up rolling down a hill and into the river. Lucario walks off eventually, and May starts berating Ash for attacking. He also, uh, Ash also says, yells, like, Aaron never liked you and you're a loser, so Aaron probably thought he was too cool for you. <laughs> he said, he essentially was saying, how do we know your story is true? Maybe, maybe you're the one who abandoned Aaron. <laughs> right. I like my version better. <laughs> Your synopsis are ridiculous, man. Um, but yeah, May yells at Ash for because he shouldn't have said that, which I kind of agree. He was well. I mean, Ash is. I, I I don't know. I kind of agree with Ash on this side. Well, yeah, Lucario is a dick, but so is Ash. There was Lucario, no one. In Lucario, the Lucario started it. Yeah, that's true. So Lucario's sitting by this tree, sulking like he does, and Max walks up to him and offers Lucario chocolate, which. Lucario has never had before because he's like 3,000 years old. So and Because Sir Aaron knew better than to feed his dog chocolate. Yeah, exactly. He does look very canine. I think he's a, I think he's a jackal. I think okay. I think Lucario's are jackals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of looks like a jackal. Yeah, you're right. But still, canine. Shouldn't give it chocolate. It's going to get worms. Um, <laughs> then we get another scene of Pikachu and Mew. Uh, Pikachu's really tired and listening to a music box that has the Jigglypuff style song, but it's got lappers instead of a Jigglypuff, which I thought was a very missed opportunity. But I kind of get it, though, because it's kind of the way the lappers is using the music box. It's like it's going up and down like it's on the ocean. And Mew's still trying to keep Pikachu there, but Pikachu explains that he wants to go back to Ash. We get a scene after Pikachu is talking to Mew about how he wants to go home. Ash kind of wakes up and kind of steps out of the, the the Hummer while everyone else is sleeping and kind of looks up at the tree during the nighttime and it's like, oh, ah, Pikachu, I miss you. And Lucario's kind of watching him at this point. It, it made me very reminiscent of American Tale. Uh, uh, the, the first one. Okay. Uh, when Fievel's thinking of his sister at night, and she's thinking of him, and they do, you know, somewhere out there song. Yeah, 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 I could definitely see that. And Pikachu's a mouse, too. <laughs> um, but the next day, they're back on the road, and they, uh, Lucario, obviously, is running up in front of the, the Hummer, uh, showing them where to go. And Lucario stops, dead in his tracks. And everyone gets out of the Hummer after stopping. And 
uh, it's like, hey, why have you stopped? And Lucario shows them this, like, cliff face, like this plateau in the middle of nowhere. And says, this is where uh, Sir Aaron trapped me in my crystal. And uh, he finds a time flower. Conveniently, of course. This is the biggest fucking MacGuffin in any of the Pokemon movies to date. This stupid time flower thing. Because it shows up when it wants to. For like <laughs> no reason. Especially later on when it shouldn't have been anywhere where it was. But I mean this one. It specifically shows Aaron trapping Lucario. Which he just talked about. Um, and then it shows the armies. Uh, well specifically I think it's the red army. Probably. Because that was a closer one to them. Running, running through. And Lucario has a little bit of PTSD here, and he starts attacking the figments of the holograms, basically, from the Time Flower, almost killing Ash, like, three times. I don't think he was attacking the armies. He just wanted to get rid of Ash again. <laughs> Brock, at this point, kind of believes Lucario's story. He's like, well, from what we've seen in this Time Flower hologram thing, uh, it looks like Lucario is telling the truth. I mean, Saran trapped him in the crystal and just flew the fuck off. We don't know what happened. And Ash apologizes to Lucario. And at this point, we're what? Maybe like two days, three days out from the palace? Yep. Something like that. Totally getting hit by those armies. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And yeah, we should mention the armies are marching in the direction where they're going. They're marching away from the palace. So I don't know where these armies were coming from, but they were definitely not going to the palace to fight. After Ash apologizes... Reggie Rock shows up, which is probably one of the biggest surprises of this movie for me. Like, when Reggie Rock specifically showed up, I was like, holy shit, I did not think the Reggies were going to be in this movie. I thought it was just going to be Mew and Lucario. Oh, yeah, because Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. But yeah, Reggie Rock shows up and attacks everyone. Lucario leads them, uh, defends them, and leads them out in, into this weird cave this weird crystal tunnel that leads directly into the the bottom the base of the tree of beginnings and in this cave there are a shit ton of pokemon specifically mostly fossil pokemon we got the we got the Ammonites and Amastars, we got the kabutos kabutopses we got the Cradillies or whatever they're called those are the plant ones yeah the, the plant plants looking things with the weird freaking tentacles coming off their heads uh, we got Aerodactyls. And Swablu. Are Swablu and Altaria fossils? No, they're dra just dragons. Okay. They're there, though. But they're dragons. Yeah. I mean, they're cool. I mean, the Swablu look kind of silly, but the Altarias are nice. I still understand why they're dragons. Yeah. Are they fairy dragons in the X and Y? I think they're just flying dragon. Right. Super weak to ice. Stop making dragons flying types. That's freaking redundant and really bad for ice. <laughs> And after they get to the giant cave, uh, where all these fossil Pokemon and the dragons are, uh, Ash asks Lucario if this is the base of the, the tree, and he says yes. So he goes, okay, I gotta get to the top of the tree, I gotta find Pikachu. Or, no, he asks, I'm sorry, he asks Lucario if Pikachu's at the top, and Lucario confirms that, and he goes, okay, let's go. And I think Kid's like, where are you going? He's like, well, you, you just keep going up until you find him. This is where we get to the stupidest Pokemon tech. We thought we were free we this were episode. We were so close. Like, I mean, the 
the glasses were all right the the binoculars she used were cool and most of the stuff had to deal with magic and not pokemon tech but then kid has to come and ruin it with her stupid pokemon tech it's a surveillance device it's a series of surveillance devices basically she i don't know where she gets these things (laughs) nobody does um she pulls out a basically what looks like a snake a, a mechanical snake and she sets it on the floor and it all the parts of the snake detach and turn into these little robots with cameras on the front and little mini propellers on either the top and bottom of it and these things all fly away to survey the area is what kid says they do they're little surveillance bots and these things are dumb looking uh they're like hand sized like the size of a fist i had like i had a problem with uh the dumb cameras in pokemon heroes right the, the dumb surveillance there yes these these are probably worse Yes, I, especially I, since you did point out that the drill is Da Vinci based. Yes, the flying yeah, drill. Yes, yeah, the from the Pokemon Heroes. But yeah, these are worse. I, I, I actually, I think the worst part is that they come in that little fucking snake form, all attached it's, it's, together. Easy transport. I don't get it. I just don't. I wonder if it was like her belt or something. That's what I was thinking. Like it would because that w- that would actually be pretty neat. Yeah. If it still wasn't so stupid. Yeah. Um, if that makes any sense. Apparently, all these bots are sending banks at old butler man back in city uh, all the data. And he's telling Kid, like, oh, this is a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they work really fast because pretty much as soon as she does this, Banks has, like, a full root system map of the inside of the tree. Yes. Yeah, apparently the tree is alive. It's a living organism, and it has a not only a root system; it's veins. This this thing has veins that go throughout the tree and throughout the surrounding area. And it's tree shaped, and apparently it gets all of its energy by collecting sunlight. So it's a rock that looks like a tree, that acts like a tree. It's everything. It's a tree in all but name. Still Wait, say, no, I, that's a fucking lie, because it is called the Tree of Beginnings. So yeah. it, it's a rock tree. I still say it should have just been a giant pseudo-Udo. Yes, that's basically what it was anyway. It should have been, like, at the very end, he just gets up and walks away. Pseudo-Udo. And then starts shoving berries at a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, but then these survey bots start drilling into the crystal. I don't know where their drills come from, I guess... I, I don't know. I I kind of want to say this isn't that bad because of the technology we have today, but I, just something about it rubs me the wrong way. This whole Pokemon tech. Uh, their little probes come out of where their propellers on the bottom were. That's okay. Fair enough. Oh right, no. The thing that pisses me off the most is their legs. These things have legs. I didn't even see the legs. You, did, you didn't see when it lands. These freaking like tendrils come out and land, grab onto the freaking crystals. I just saw the little needle come out the bottom of it. Yeah. These... Hold on. I'm going to pause the freaking recording and show you this. Okay, so I just showed Doug the legs 
from this stupid thing. And apparently... The rotors are the legs. Yeah, you, you thought that the drill came out of the yeah. propeller. It comes out the side. It comes out of the side, but... But the, the rotors are the legs. Yeah, the propeller turns into very malleable, fucking wispy appendages. And that's what pisses me off about these robots. So dumb. Yep. Okay. But, uh... They do get what's coming to them, though, because Reggie Steel starts stomping on these fucking things. Reggie Steel shows up and just slams on these. I think he wasn't protecting everything as much as he just hated these things. Yeah, I'm the only thing I saw to be Steel around here. Ash finally makes it outside on one of the, I guess, branches of the tree and starts calling out to Pikachu. And Pikachu hears him and starts responding. So they kind of just go after each other at this point. They start running towards each other. Uh, Pikachu's still on the top of the tree. Ash is still somewhere below. So they go back inside to the tree and try to find each other. Um, this is where Regice shows up. Or Regice. I guess it's Regice. Shows up and attacks. But Lucario, uh, once again, helps because Ash doesn't have Pikachu. So he has to use a different Pokemon to help him out. They both run away and end up in a big-ass cave with these big-ass blue i guess it's the veins of the tree but they're really thick and really long like crisscrossing throughout this cave that they're in team rocket's being chased by reggie rock and reggie steel at this point through another cave they end up on a land bridge that connects two parts of the tree from the outside eventually they get across the bridge lucario destroys it keep cutting off reggie rock and reggie steel then we get to see the crystals melt. The crystals turn red and melt, absorbing like uh, the robots. And it also absorbs Jesse. And it, at this point, it, it's taking the shape of the fossil Pokemon, the plant one with the weird tendrils on its head, when it absorbs Jesse. And then a another molten form of this crystal shows up in the form of an Amastar and absorbs James. Oh, okay. Uh but while this is going on, Ash and everyone's still being chased by the Reggies, and a molten version of Aerodactyl shows up and tries to attack Ash, but Lucario gets out in front of it and destroys that too. This is where Kid is told by uh, banks that these molten crystals are basically white blood cells or the immune system of the tree and it's fighting off the people because it thinks of them as an infection but apparently Pokemon aren't considered bad to the molten crystals yeah. one of them grab Lucario and just kind of like phase away into right. nothing exactly uh, at this point everyone gets kind of split up because Ash is still looking for Pikachu, and basically Kid, Brock, and May, and Max are all kind of looking for Ash. Because <laughs> they got split up. Ash sends out Corfish and Grovile to fend off the Reggies. Because apparently Lucario wasn't doing it well enough. It was a little help. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu's still looking for Ash, still running through the trees. At this point, May, Max, Brock, and Kid all get absorbed. Oh, I'm sorry. Kid doesn't get absorbed at this point. That's my fault. Ash and Pikachu finally meet up in this really, really windy cave. 
that has these blue uh, blue spires shooting through it. Ash tries to make it to Pikachu, but it's too windy. It's so windy that it actually picks him up and fl- flings him around. Um, he loses his hat at this point, which Mew grabs. Pikachu eventually just kind of jumps and, and lets, lets, uh, lets it up to fate for him to be caught by Ash. And Ash does, of course, catch Pikachu. <laughs> that could have ended really badly. Yes, and he almost himself falls to his death after catching Pikachu. But Kid catches them both. So if a kid wasn't there, once again, Ash would be dead. And so would Pikachu. Uh, Mew returns Ash's hat to him, which was nice. Ash asks Kid, who is with Brock, May, and Max, about them. And she kind of goes, um, no, they're gone. Oops. But they have their bigger problems. They have they have their own molten red crystal to run away from. Uh, and they don't make it far. Because Registeel catches Lucario. Like, Lucario runs smack dab in, into Registeel. And then the molten crystal catches Kid and Ash. And I should mention that every time one of these trainers get caught... For whatever reason, they decide to let out all their Pokemon that they're currently carrying. So, May lets out Munchlax and Squirtle. I don't think Jesse let out hers. No, Jesse doesn't let out hers. I don't think Brock lets out any of his either. Yes, uh, Brock does. He lets out his Fortress and oh, right. his... We have... Fuck, it was a water type, I think. Was his the Mudkip? Mudkip, yes. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. weird Brock having some besides, like, a rock. Yeah, seriously. Um, Ash lets out... Uh, Grove Island Corefish are already still out, so he lets out the Manaphy. Uh, yeah, no, the Fanfy, sorry. Fanfy. That's the next movie. <laughs> uh, Fanfy and... Uh, what's the other one? His bird. Ah, uh, right, Swallow. But yeah, they all get absorbed into the crystal, and we should mention that at no point in the movie are we ever told where they go when they get absorbed. Nope, at all. she's gone. Uh Obviously, since Ash is presumed dead, all of his Pokemon do what all of Ash's Pokemon always do when they think he's dead. They cry over his... Well, he doesn't have a corpse at this point. <laughs> he has a nothing because he's absorbed. He has a hat. He left his hat behind. Right. And that's what Mew does. He tries to console Pikachu by giving him his master's old hat. And Pikachu's like, yeah, that's not going to cut it, bro. So Mew's like, oh, wait... I can fix this. So he starts glowing green and then touches the crystals. And all the crystals start to glow green. And apparently this reverse engineers the immune system for the tree. Allowing every single person that got absorbed to come back. I'd like to point out at this point. uh, The look Pikachu. uh, Not Pikachu. The look you gave Pikachu. Right. When essentially Pikachu denied the hat from him. He knew had clearly had it up to his neck with Pikachu's bullshit at this point and was sick of him. It's like, fine, I'll give you Ash if you can go away. Um, and the Reggie's also back off at this point after Mew reverse engineers the immune system for the tree. Afterwards, Mew is looking pretty beat up. Like, it, it's got the, the, the red blush of someone who's caught a cold. And it can't fly very well. And Kid apparently explains that Mew and the tree have a symbiotic relationship. So if one gets sick, the other does. And apparently the tree is dying. 
we can tell that because all the crystals begin turning black. Yeah, they actually like disintegrate and, then, and burn yeah. up. And parts of it where they were connected by the crystals start just collapsing in on themselves. Right, where they were being held up. And this is spreading throughout the entire kingdom. Like, we see this all the way back at the castle. Yeah. Uh, the princess is looking at the crystals and they're all... <laughs> oh, right. And uh, apparently this is described as a tree going into shock. But I, it looks more like an autoimmune disease where the tree is basically destroying itself from the inside out to me. Mew tries to, well, Mew does lead them to basically the heart of the tree where this giant fucking crystal is with a life stream between the, like, the ceiling and the, the crystal. In, and in this crystal, we see Aaron's gloves, Sir Aaron's gloves. And Lucario's like, oh, well, he must have shown up here at some point. And then he see, he sees Aaron trapped in the crystals, right? Yeah, he uses his aura and he sees like, Aaron's outline. All right, okay. Because later on, I couldn't see him, and it looked weird. Um, yes. And conveniently enough, there's another time flower here. But why? They're in the middle of a cave. Because we need to show that Aaron was a really cool guy and not the asshole that Lucario thought that he was. And that's exactly what the time flower shows. It shows that uh, Aaron showed up to the tree and called out from you. And told him that to stop the warring nations, Mew needed the power of Aura for whatever reason. And um, he gives Mew all of his Aura powers, apparently. All of his life force. This causes Eren to get trapped in the crystals, apparently? Or his, his... I think because Mew and the tree are symbiotic, that when he gave his life force to Mew, that is the tree. Right. He became crystallized like part of the tree. Right. And the that crystals. Makes, that makes sense. Lucari is obviously upset by this because he thought this entire time that Aaron was just kind of a dick. But clearly he wasn't, so he apologizes to Aaron. But obviously he's not there. He just did not want Lucario following him and, you know, trying to stop him or do the same thing. Right. Mew tells Lucario that to heal the tree he can use the power of aura himself revitalize it basically obviously lucario will be destroyed too just like aaron was but he's kind of like eh, whatever i mean i'm like three thousand years old my only friend is gone why not um but lucario's not strong enough i i think it's an emotional thing at this point he's still like broken up about what uh happened with aaron that he can't actually conjure up the power of aura so ash decides that he'll help by using his power of aura that he's never done before, but apparently can do very well. And apparently to do this, he needs to put on Aaron's gloves. Good thing they wear the same size. I, I don't even know the point of that. Like, I know that when he's using the power of aura, when Ash is using it, the gloves actually react like the backs of them, like change color or whatnot. But I don't think you need them to channel it. Maybe they're just... Like an assistant. Yeah, I was going to say, he's pretty new at this. Maybe it's it's kind of like a brace yeah, thing for it. Maybe. But I just thought it was really weird that he puts on Aaron's Or, or a training gloves. Maybe, yeah. Uh, like training wheels. Uh, so, yeah, Ash puts on the gloves and starts channeling his powers. And then Lucario joins in. And they both start creating a spirit bomb inside of, around Mew. 
and this scene is like ripped straight from Dragon Ball Z because it's like a minute and a half of both of them holding their hands out and going ah the entire time <laughs> and making this it looks exactly like a spirit bomb and then like at 85% of the way done Lucario knocks Ash out of the way so he stops using aura and then um, completes the job himself Afterwards, Mew takes all this energy and enters the life stream of the tree, which is that beam of light coming out of the bottom of the tree, the, the crystal, the heart. And this works. The tree is saved. Mew's all better. Uh, and Kid apparently decides to keep all this information that she gathered from the tree to herself because she doesn't want tourism showing up. That seems to be a theme for scientists in exactly. these movies. Uh, what was the la- what was the other one? Uh, the Mewtwo one, with the Healing Lake. Right, yeah. Uh, that water dude didn't want people showing up, or was it the other one? Was it the lady that didn't want the water? I think it was the lady. Yeah, either it was, right. It was the tourists. Yeah, they'll ruin it. Yes, they'll pollute the water. Or we'll pollute the tree. Um. So yeah, kid decides to keep all that information to herself instead of publishing it. I guess. Luke Lucario's slowly starting to turn into a crystal at this point. And then we get another time flower. Uh, the time flower at this point is uh, Aaron, right after he gave Mew all of his aura. And he is basically apologizing to Lucario. Uh, theoretically, obviously, Lucario isn't there in the past when um, Sir Aaron did all this. But he's just kind of saying his thoughts out loud, I guess. Which is kind of convenient for Lucario, I guess. The entire thing about the time, time flowers is convenient. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it's a nice, actually, it's a nice little speech, I thought. It was really touching. And Aaron basically asked for forgiveness for what he did to Lucario and that he couldn't be there with him and that he'll always be friends and stuff like that. It was a nice little closure, I think, for Lucario. And then Lucario dissolves. And turns into just pure energy. He doesn't even get a crystal. He doesn't even leave his gloves behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> After that, everyone meets back up outside the tree. Max kind of asks where Lucario is. And Ash gives the same response that Kid gave when Ash asks where everyone else was. It was, don't ask. <laughs> um, but since Ash has a positive outlook on life, Ash says, Lucario's aura is with me. And then we get this weird pan out from, like, it pans out from from Ash to the tree and then further out to, like, the palace and the, 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 the city outside the palace. And that's the movie. It, it starts to go to credits. Um, and during the credits, they return. This is the one thing I fucking hate about these movies. Like, if you're going to have more stuff, don't put it in the credits. Because I need those credits so I can write down all this my other shit. <laughs> I don't want to be having to pay attention to the credits, too. Uh, but yeah, during the credits, Ash and everyone returns to the castle. Uh, I guess they explain to the princess what happened. Oh, and the, the painting of uh, Sir Aaron is changed to include Lucario, which I thought was nice. Um, and then they, they pa- uh, part ways with Kid who goes off in her Hummer, and they go to... It looked like they went back to Altamar. It did. 
but we can't really confirm that. And then it looks like they go to fucking San Francisco because you can see the Golden Gate Bridge and the big ass city. And that's really the end of the movie. That's when the credits actually finally fucking stop. And that's Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. So let's get into our favorites and least favorites. So Doug, what was your favorite Pokemon for this movie? My favorite Pokemon? But for a while I was going to pick Bonsly. Okay. Bonsly. Just because I I like that Pokemon. Yeah. But I have to go with Mew. Just yeah. because Mew was freaking adorable. Yes. It, when it was playful, when it was sick, it was cute. Mm-hmm. And I like this Mew in particular because it's a kleptomaniac. It just yeah. likes taking stuff. Yeah. Uh, I went with Mew too. Uh, no. I went, <laughs> I went with Mew also. Uh, it, yeah, it way the animation style obviously has changed from the first movie uh so this Mew looks way cuter uh and sleeker looking like. yes it's the it's the yellow to the red and blue of, of Mews. so yeah I, I really like this Mew as well so what was your least favorite pokemon mime junior really i mean i guess it's kind of a background pokemon right but in that sense, it was also there a lot. Oh, well, there whenever the princess was, but it was very unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really play. Like the any only role. the only real times it was it wasn't even important to the story, but the only times it was interacted with really was Mew in the form of it when it was imitating it, and during Brock's whole uh, kid Summers speech, right, where Mime Junior was imitating Brock, right. It's just my little annoyance with it. Yeah. What about you? Uh, actually, this one was really hard for me because I didn't really have any Pokemon that I hated in this movie. It was really hard to pick the worst. But I have to go with Lucario. You saw too much of Mewtwo in him? Yeah. He he really had that like loner, brooding nature that I can't stand in characters. Like I don't I don't think every character has to be sunny and happy and like bouncy all the time, but... When their their entire freaking thing is just I'm the I'm the dark one. It, it always fucking pisses me off. So it, there was too much of that for Lucario. Like I get why he's all grumbly and stuff, but there were parts of that scene that could have been cut out, and I would have liked him a lot more. Who had a better excuse to be grumbly, him or Mewtwo? Hmm, that's a good question. I would probably say Mewtwo because he was cloned for battle. And he he had a lot of issues in, in that regards. But uh, Lucario, it depends, actually, I think, now that I think about it. Because if Lucario was conscious the entire time he was trapped in that crystal... I would say he was not, because he still thought it was around right, three days. Right, so yeah, definitely me too then. Because if he was conscious for like thousands of years, that would have drove him insane. On that note... How do how do you think Pokeballs work? Do you think time stops for them? That's a story for another podcast because I put a lot of thought into what a Pokemon <laughs> or po- how a Pokeball works. So maybe we'll we'll record a small thing about me explaining exactly how I feel about Pokeballs because uh, I'll go into detail. It was just the thought of the staff and Lucario being thousands of yeah yeah. I I can only assume right. specifically for I mean the crystal that obviously time stops, but. For Pokemon, yeah, I'll get into that. It's more. Um, Okay. So what's your favorite part of this movie? 
My favorite scene actually is from the very beginning. Okay. I really like the clashing of the two war scenes. Okay. It was just how many Pokemon they actually had to have on screen at the time. Right. And Pokemon were in full armor. I mean, it's, yeah. it's freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, mine was the Reggie attacks. I thought uh, it was a nice touch. I wasn't expecting it at all. And when they showed up out of nowhere, I was kind of like, oh, shit. I really like the Reggies, especially Regigigas. I, I think they're really cool. And I like their quest chain, basically, to catch them in the games. So when I saw them, I was really excited. And I also like... Um, the way they do their eye thing with the fourth thing. <laughs> That's going to fucking come up really good in the podcast. Uh, but yeah. I, I they really... eat through their eyes. Yes, they do. According, According to, to... Annie. Yeah. Uh, so what was your least favorite part of this movie? Uh, I I really like most of the scenes in this movie. Like you said, it, it yeah. was a pretty decent movie. There's really nothing to not like to bash on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a few unnecessary scenes, like you said, about... But yeah, just I can't stand stupid Poke Tag. Yeah, stupid Poke Magic is fine, I guess. I'm still <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but wizards. Yeah, a wizard did it. So kid stuff. Okay. Yeah. You? Uh, actually, mine was the armies in the, in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Um, it, not for the reason you said though, because I think they were completely unnecessary. We, I mean, I understand that they need there needed to be a conflict for the tree to do whatever the fuck it did. But I I wish it had been more present. I th- I, it should have been closer to the palace. You should have been able to actually see, mm-hmm. like, the two armies, like, surrounding the palace, maybe. And actually having some kind of conflict that actually needed the, the solution. I, I, can, I can understand that. Mine was more so the actual just encounter of it. Yeah, yeah. The armies. But I, I, I will agree with you that it should have been like actually like right there at the palace. Right. If, they were, if that was going to be the reasoning yeah. for everything else with it. Yeah. Okay. So overall, what would you give this movie from Pokeball to Master Ball? Honestly, I'll probably give it. I don't know. Maybe around an Ultra Ball. Ultra I, I, I would. I would recommend it for a decent. It's a decent Pokemon movie. Yeah. It's not bad. It's. It's. It's above average because, yeah. well, there's been a lot of movies lately that have been skewing that average. But... Yeah. Yeah. And you? Uh, I would give it a great ball, actually. Um, I I didn't hate this movie by any means. Like, the f- I think I, I, I graded it a little too harshly the first time we watched it because this time it it wasn't that bad. It, it's, it's hard to explain. It's, it's watchable. Yeah, it's definitely watchable. I, I wouldn't, like... Well, I wouldn't want to go watch it again. But if someone said, yeah, hey, I'm watching Lucario. I was like, okay. Is it past the parts where Lucario's in it? <laughs> so the um, entire movie? Well, the past the parts <laughs> where Lucario's brooding, I should say. Uh, the fight scenes are really good. Like, especially with the Reggies. And, uh, I mean, the, the tournament in the beginning of the movie isn't that, like, fantastic. But it's none of this movie is offensive, I think. Like, offensively bad or boring. So it's definitely a good watch. And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you want to find us online, you can find us at GenZeroPodcast.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also GenZeroPodcast. If you want to hit us up with an email, uh, it's GenZeroPodcast at gmail.com. 
and the spelling of that is G-E-N, the number zero, and podcast altogether. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, and if you have some time, if you could leave us a review, that would be great. So, until next time, thanks for listening, and see you next time. Later. Yeah.